Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, October 21st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Two members of Missouri's congressional delegation are demanding a quick federal response to the radioactive contamination at Jana Elementary School in Florissant. Congresswoman Cori Bush. We need to see the swift remediation efforts to ensure that we minimize disruptions to the lives of our children, our families, our teachers, and the school staff. Those calls follow a report showing unacceptable radiation levels at the school. Senator Josh Hawley is joining Bush in demanding a swift federal response. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin has more on the mounting pressure in Washington to clean up Jenna Elementary. The contamination is from nuclear waste defense contractors dumped in Coldwater Creek in the 1940s and 50s. A recent report by a private firm found, quote, unacceptable levels of radiation throughout the school grounds. Bush says the Department of Energy and Army Corps of Engineers need to make the site safe as soon as possible. These agencies are responsible for the waste. They must clean it up immediately. No excuses. In a letter to President Biden, Hawley called for an emergency declaration to free up more cleanup funds and said the federal government should build a new school if it can't make the current one safe. The Environmental Protection Agency has been cleaning the site since the mid-90s. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Elected officials are placing those demands on the federal government as classes come to an end at the school. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke was at Jenna Elementary yesterday as parents picked up their children on the final day. Tiana Taylor says she wants her daughter to be safe, but when she heard that Jana Elementary would be virtual for now, her anxiety spiked. Virtual is like a nightmare to me, you know, because you got to try to figure out where your child going to go if you have work and stuff like that. Taylor's daughter, Jayla, is in fourth grade at Jana. I didn't want to go through virtual even though, like, I have a computer, even though, like, I don't want to miss any time of school. Jayla says some of her friends live nearby, so she'll still be able to see them. Jana Elementary students will get new school assignments next month. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. In other news, a federal judge in St. Louis has tossed out an effort by six Republican-led states, including Missouri, to block the Biden administration's plan to forgive student loan debt. The judge ruled, quote, the court lacks jurisdiction to hear this case. That's because the states could not meet the personal injury requirements to bring a lawsuit. The Nebraska Attorney General's office says the states will appeal. President Joe Biden is planning to cancel up to $20,000 in education debt for a large number of borrowers. Loan forgiveness is scheduled to begin as early as Sunday. One of two St. Louis aldermen running to be president of the board says members need to start meeting again in person. The board has gathered fewer than five times at City Hall since March 2020. All other meetings have been on Zoom. Other elected bodies have been back in person for months. Seventh Ward Alderman Jack Coder says he knows there are concerns about ventilation in the chambers, but says there are many city-owned buildings that could accommodate the weekly meetings. We got to lead by example, right? And we're not. I mean, the rest of City Hall is open, and we're still, you know, hiding in our basements. Um, after you know, as we're two plus years into this pandemic, so I think it's critical we get back to in-person meetings. Coder was a guest on Politically Speaking. That episode is at stlpr.org. Coder and Megan Green are seeking the board president job. Chess player Hans Niemann is suing Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen over cheating accusations. That lawsuit has been filed in a federal court in St. Louis. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports Neiman is seeking $100 million for libel, slander, and civil conspiracy. After world champion Carlson lost to Neiman at St. Louis's Sinkfield Cup in September, the Norwegian player accused Neiman of cheating. Neiman says there's no evidence he cheated in the match, but soon after, the website chess.com banned him from playing in online matches and in its sponsored tournaments. The civil lawsuit accuses Carlson, chess.com executives, and others of colluding to blacklist Neiman. The suit mentions that chess.com earlier this year announced it will buy Carlson's website, Play Magnus, for more than $80 million. Neiman says the cheating allegations have destroyed his source of income and his ability to compete in high-profile matches. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. A military advocacy group has launched a campaign to protect service members and veterans from identity theft. Military members are three times more likely to experience cyber theft than civilians. Security experts say that's because the military lifestyle is an attractive target for cybercriminals. Desiree Diorio reports for the American Homefront Project. Navy Reserve Officer Jeff Chin says he has been closely watching his credit report and swatting down attempts to steal his identity since 2015. That was the year he got caught up in a massive data breach at the Federal Office of Personnel Management. A hacker stole millions of records, including tens of thousands from service members who had applied for security clearances like Chin. That obviously was disturbing for me to hear that all of that information is now out there in, in cyberspace. It was more than just a passing nuisance. It was, it was, you know, all my information was out there and it was just really jarring. Since then, he says he's been targeted by identity thieves who try to open credit cards and bank accounts in his name. It was one of those things where we're constantly looking for that ping in the email and, uh, you know, the monitoring service to say, hey, this is this flag came up. He says even his wife and daughter have faced identity theft issues, which he blames on the leak of his background investigation for the Navy. Still, Chin says he's lucky. The breach did not derail his military career. My security clearance was no longer something that would affect my ability to sort of um, move into different jobs and do different assignments. Others weren't so lucky. Now, Chin is executive director of the New England chapter of Blue Star Families. The advocacy group has partnered with Aura, a cybersecurity company, to educate service members and their families about how the military lifestyle puts them at higher risk for fraud. Hari Ravichandran is the founder of Aura. He says the 2015 hack is just one of the threats. The pocket that we see that's particularly vulnerable are military personnel that are deployed overseas. He says that's because they might not have easy access to monitor their bank account and credit report. Plus, service members typically move around every few years, creating opportunities for hackers to steal their personal data. And Ravachandran says the threats extend beyond active duty troops. We've spoken with lots of veterans where they had no idea that their identity was stolen. They now end up moving, try to go apply for a mortgage, and then can't get a mortgage because a lot of their credit information is messed up. He says veterans are attractive targets for criminals because they have access to a host of government benefits through the Veterans Administration, like disability payments and loans for housing and education. 
the burden is on the military family to clean it up. And that's the problem with a lot of these kinds of thefts. You have to prove to the bank and to the credit bureaus that you were not the person that actually had these negative events. And sometimes that takes months. That's why he says service members should be proactive about protecting their personal data through password managers and credit monitoring. Chin, the Navy reservist with Blue Star Families, says he and his family have gotten used to constantly monitoring their credit reports for suspicious activity. It's added a layer of work, frankly, administrative work for me to maintain my military career. It's already hard enough to be a reservist where you're managing a full-time job as a civilian and then the reserve duty is often more than a part-time job. He says he's particularly worried about new scams targeting veterans who were impacted by the water contamination at Camp Lejeune or veterans who became sick from burn pits overseas. I'm Desiree DiOrio on Long Island. That story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration reporting on military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I am out Monday. Jonathan All will be at the helm of this daily extravaganza. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.